2: Yes, it's the five-year plan podcast. Hey, Pod One Sixty. Ooh, One Hundred and Sixty. No, are no, no. twenty out. We can do that. We can do that in a few weeks. Okay. Um, in we about are twenty weeks in, in exactly twenty weeks. Yeah. Um, good maths. We are sponsored by Vector Printing. All your print and embroidery needs go to vector.co.uk. And that's Vector Okay. 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 Correct. And we're sponsored by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London visit jc-is.com. Um, good, I'm have to get through those without completely screwing them up. Um, we are the FFP Podcast, Palace beat Southampton 1-0, and joining me to chat about that is uh, James Endicott. Hello. How you doing? I'm
0: very well, thank you. Good.
2: Um, i very well, actually. You seem very chirpy. I'm very chirpy. I love it when he's chirpy. Um, Andy Street, he's not chirpy, but how are you feeling? Yeah, you yeah, fine. <laughs> good, good. And, um, brilliant, and uh, Rob Sutherland. Hello! How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. Also kind of chirpy. Sorry. Are you going to apologise to the listeners for, for your performance last week? For what? My performance? Yes. I performed. Okay. Apart from the last 20 minutes. We got a little bit tipsy before the pod last week. Oh really? I wasn't there to look after you. you were, look after we were celebrating Palace uh, being on a fantastic run and being sick from the table. I mean, we'd drawn the previous match and <laughs> uh, um, what what's befitting of a, a piss-up more than a draw. True. Not well, we could have lost. We were celebrating a point gained. Um, but Palace did win on Saturday against Southampton. They did. Um, 1-0. The first time that Palace have ever beaten Southampton in the Premier League. Wow, that's so a good since
1: 1993. Good Sorry. start. And of course, that's <laughs> when football was in their <laughs> yeah, 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 it was. So
3: it's good that we, we've gone back to
1: years later. Um,
2: but, <coughs> uh, but it has the last four games since we got promoted in 2013, we'd lost all of them. So certain progress against Southampton. But James, was it... Was it a deserved win for Palace?
0: Well, absolutely. I think, it was, I think it was one of the best performances of the season, to be honest. It was a good team performance. It wasn't... There was a lot of flair in there. There's some great individual performances. But what got me about it, it was just an amazing team performance. Yeah. And it just, you know, as we say, week in, week out, it just shows how far we're coming at the moment. You know, a team like Southampton can come to us. And we we made them look very ordinary. A team like Southampton, that when
2: Palace got promoted, would have been one of the teams that they'd have looked at. And so well, that's the team we want to emulate... And now... Well, I think even
0: at the beginning of this season we'd have said that. But now... We're beating them. We're, we're beating them. And des- deserve to to de- so. The, the, the only downside is that I think we should have scored more goals. Well, their keeper had a good game. He did very, have a good I think, game.
2: I personally I think man of the match. Yeah. But from a Palace man of the match, Rob, um, most people after the game seemed very split. Going what James has said, good performances across the board. Everyone was divided on who should be man of the match. That proves that there was decent performances.
1: Yeah, it was. It was decent. Um, I thought uh, if you're going to highlight players... You'd probably look at Yannick Belassie in the first half, who was just storming, wasn't he? Um, Connor Wickham throughout. Like, there's, there's you know, he hasn't scored, but he's gonna at some point that goal will come. That header in the first half, the shot in the second half, um, both really clear chances. So I think, I don't know. I think there were there were lots of positive performances throughout, really.
0: Hennessy had a good game.
3: Yeah. Well, he to, made it a couple of good saves. Well, yeah. I mean, you,
1: so you look saves. at our, our, our full as well. They they had to play against Sadio, Sadio Mane, who has been probably one of Southampton's best players. He probably could play for one of the better sides in the league as well.
3: What, like Palace? Well,
1: yeah, like Palace. Um, I, got, uh, nice.
2: I got slated because nice. I, I did uh, rating, ratings after the match for ESPN and I gave Hennessy a 7. Um, and a lot of people tweeted me and said he should have been higher. Um, but he only. But well, he's he, really tall, isn't he? He can't <laughs> get much higher. Very good. Um, but he did. Like my my theory was, he made he was made two great saves. He didn't actually actually have much else to do apart from that. I actually thought he was more solid all round. Actually, yeah. he he,
3: he c- claimed a couple of crosses that sort of three or four games ago. He wasn't coming near <sighs> for uh, decision making was better. He didn't look quite as uh, tentative as he has done recently. And I mean, you can say, oh, it's only two saves, but I mean, arguably. Uh, well not even arguably he did win us the two points at the end of that match Yeah, the save earlier in the match is even more sort of spectacular in some ways like he's got no right to get, uh, get over to that header from was it Davis I think, yeah. I, think he, he yeah. put, I believe so I, no, believe it it was. Was, yeah. I believe there it was go. I'm yeah. not quite sure oh. but I believe you're right oh, there yes. we go altogether more considered and sedate than last week also um, you see um, uh, yeah was, uh, it was like two but he, fantastic saves <laughs> it
0: helps because he'd, he'd had that great save against Everton as well Yes, and so it—it it is that thing we talk about often. It's all about confidence. You know, you have one good game, one good save with the goalkeeper. Next one, so hopefully, you know that that will carry on through. The I mean, rest he's, of the
3: he's lucky in some ways that, and probably annoy some people by saying this immediately. He's lucky in some ways in that the mistakes that he had when he first came into the team were against inferior teams to those against which uh, McCarthy made his mistakes and was punished you know straight away by Man City and by Spurs whereas Hennessy made a couple of mistakes against uh, Watford a couple of other <coughs> matches that weren't punished quite as, as readily but he is now you've got to be fair to the guy he is now grown into the role and he's looking more and more accomplished and the defence are now looking confident in him when they weren't necessarily when he first was put into the role And um, you've got to say at the moment that he he is fully deserving of being the starting goalkeeper. I
1: think that when you make any kind of significant change in terms of players that you have, so when you go from someone like Spironi to Hennessy, when you go from someone like Jednak uh, to Macarthur, maybe uh, Kabai and then Ledley as well, you do end up in a situation, Glenn Murray for Wickham, you do end up in a situation where there's that kind of hangover of expectation of people comparing one to the other. (coughs) And And in fairness to Hennessy, I've, I've been critical of uh, not so much of Hennessy, but just this kind of strong belief from certain people that that Hennessy would be the better you know was the better goalkeeper in the squad at a time last season, even when Sprony, I thought was actually doing a decent enough job, um, without actually having proven that. And, and at the moment, his, the way that he's playing right now, Is indicative of someone who is capable of being being our number one.
2: Has Jules been a bit harshly done by? Because um, whereas McCarthy lost his place for making mistakes, (coughs) Jules hasn't because of injury hasn't even had the chance to come in and play, and looks like third choice keeper. Now
1: I think it's probably not entirely fair. But then you look at if you're talking about keeping players in the side when they've actually done all right. You know, if that's the focus, then Hennessy deserves to be there.
0: But I mean, you talk about fairness. Football's not fair, is it? (laughs) Well, it's not it's just you know, no. you you're always judged on your last performances Your last two or three performances yeah but Joseph and, performances at the end of last yeah, season we're very unfortunately good. he was injured for a while you know mm. and other 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 keepers have come in and, and that's just the way it goes you can't you know you, you're, your head has got to rule your heart sometimes and you know we all we all think with our hearts being palace fans I've mm. been any fan of a football club but being palace fans we all think with our hearts and we all love these players you know but you know sometimes your head's got to rule your heart and i think hennessy is the right choice at the moment and and he will get better Hopefully, it's he's not going to be that good in the summer. It's sort of his. Um, it's sort of his for Wales in the in Euros against. Yeah, they, they got the, England,
2: didn't they? The, that's why I mentioned. The, yeah, 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 good thing. I well, was just making sure that listeners knew what you are talking about. Because we. Right. the land of my fathers. <laughs>
0: um, I'm an eighth Welsh, actually. And,
2: you are you? Which eighth?
0: That's yeah. the, the uh, leak coming out of my head. <laughs> Lots of Palace players <laughs> for the less Welsh than team as well. So.
2: Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, are, yeah. Be, yeah. I'll show up then. It kind of feels like uh, it feels a bit like Hennessy's, That is Hennessy's spot to lose now basically, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So until he makes a howler, which he which is, know, hasn't really yet. He has, done, he has done very well. Speaking of harsh criticism or unwarranted, um, Conor Wickham had a tough few games back, didn't he, from injury. Palace fans, some Palace fans, a bit critical. But fair to say now that he def- hasn't scored yet, but fair to say now, Street, that he is definitely the guy up top and he's proven he can play that role.
3: Well, again, he, he put in a very mobile performance. I thought he he kind of bottled out of a header a little bit in the second half. I think that where he's kind of cutting across the man and, and probably should have put his head in it, but the, he equally created a chance for himself where the ball comes over his shoulder, he controls it with one foot and then hits it with his left foot and forces a very good save from the Southampton goalkeeper. And again, his, you know, his movements getting better with every game. He's looking sharper. Whereas when he first came back into the team, you know, the touch was a bit heavy and as you'd expect from someone out for a few months, he didn't look sort of, you know, fully match fit. He's, he's now getting that sharpness back and, I like the look of him, you know, he's, I mean, lots of fans won't necessarily thank me for saying it, but I think in in a lot of ways he's probably an upgrade on Glenn Murray in terms of movement, mobility, pace, even sort of first touch sometimes. Not necessarily the intelligence yet, that needs to come. Um, but I, I, I like the look of him I mean you'd expect that If Palace want to Sort of be upwardly mobile From the sort of position They're in at the moment Sixth and want to Consolidate around there They may need Other strikers um, Possibly better strikers Than Conor Wickham. But I think he's Equipped himself well so far And I think Anyone who's criticising him Probably just needs to look At the impact he's having On the team as a whole And it's no coincidence That we went through a patch Where we weren't creating Anything in the final third
2: He's come back into the team And all of a sudden There are chances being created Well we saw it at Liverpool didn't we? When he came off the bench We instantly looked like We had more kind of well you uh, play 30, 30 yards top. further up the pitch don't you because there's
3: actually someone there who can win the ball hold it up try to bring people into play Like he's, he's good at just you know shifting the ball about waiting for the runner to go ahead of him and then finding the pass which is all you
2: sometimes need from a big guy like that and I think he's doing really quite well Well you also far. need goals as well yeah. but does it matter as the way we play does it matter as much as the man up top doesn't score that many goals because you look at midfielders to it score It doesn't matter, well, or... but it'd
0: be nice, wouldn't it? Of yeah. course it would be nice. I think for, again, being a, st- a striker, you want to score goals. That, that, that's that's how you're judged. You're judged on how many goals you get. It definitely matters to him, doesn't it? Yeah, well, actually, and, it, and so it should do. It's his bloody job, for God's sake. But, uh, but, thought, but it's, not, it's not all of his job. No, it's not it's all of his part, job, but it's, it's, a main, part of it. it's
2: part of his job. He's, he's, he's a centre-forward. He's part goals. of it, but I think the, role, the way we play in that top man he's got to do so much more than score goals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, I agree with you. Yeah, you want yeah, him to score, yeah. definitely. I, I, I agree with you as well. But, thanks man. Well, mean, well, I mean. well, we'll see you on next there's week's a, that was, there's, a there's a loving. There's a loving. Ah, Christmas but, is in the air. Uh, but, oh, there oh, oh. is there is more, so much more to that role up top and that's why I think Gale sort of struggled a bit because he doesn't quite offer the other stuff yeah. of that role. Fraser Sam Campbell, Kim, I think, yeah. has struggled but I mean the, he, thing, the thing he did
1: as well that, that I think he deserves some credit for is just ch- like chasing down and putting these defenders under pressure um, one of the problems I think we had before Wickham came back was that we didn't have that focal point and we didn't have that bully you know you, you kind yeah. of need I think Fraser Campbell has a tendency to be a little bit like that. He's, he, you know, he makes things, makes lives. He's like more like difficult. a pest
2: than a bully. Yeah, sort of, <laughs> pesty. yeah, kind of pesty, pesty. 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 annoying, annoying. Pest. like a Where's, little sort of midge. I like, get, off, get off. Wickham
1: is a good mix of the the kind of physical as well as just being being more mobile. Um, yeah. and, and we he forced two corners uh, against Southampton. Purely from putting defenders under
2: pressure. Mm. Yeah, he did. Speaking yeah. of other strikers, though, obviously Shemax had a couple of cameos since his yeah, like injury. Yeah, about forty-five seconds on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't much. He played, he played a, few, a week, two weeks before that. Newcastle? Did he come against Newcastle? No, yeah. but he came on against someone else. Minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, Hampton, assuming he uh, doesn't like Sunderland. Sunderland. Assuming he doesn't break his hamstrings again. Um, do you want to see him back in the starting lineup and where does he go in terms of positional? Well, Pardew's, you... Pardew's spoken so
3: many times. And we mentioned it last week, we mentioned it time and time again. Pardew's spoken in effusive terms about Shamak and he clearly rates the guy very, very highly. Whether or not he plays as a 9 or a 10, I wouldn't like to say. I, I, I suspect, given where Pardew has played him for the most part, it's probably one or the other. You know, he played as, as a 9 against Liverpool. Uh, Anfield more or less but was dropping deeper played as a 10 in the cup game at Southampton where he's sort of trying to create mm-hmm. stuff for the goal machine that is Yaya Sanogo and he you know he's, he's more than capable of playing either role particularly when he's got players like Zaha and Balassi outside him and and uh, coming from slightly deep as well if he plays with him to sort of find passes for like he's, he's more than capable of playing in any of those roles and it will give us some options up there.
2: I, per- I personally prefer him in number ten.
3: I think I do too. He is but I, do, I do. I think he's capable of playing nine, but I, I, I too prefer him in the number ten. Yeah. But
2: I mean, it'd be interesting to see if he does. If he's fit enough to do it. He's then linking up with Yannick, who's hitting form. Wilfry's hitting form. I thought Punch was so much better on Saturday. One of his best games of the season so far. So it's actually quite exciting to think that you throw Shamak into that mix. I mean, that's that's <coughs> a decent. Five or six. Four. Well, play, that's it? well,
0: that's that's what you need. You need. Depth. You need you need players on the bench that want to be on there. You need you, you need that, and I think she, I I don't know whether Schumacher will get into this team at the moment, to be honest. But I think he'd be he's a massive addition to the bench, mm. and I think that's really important. I think you know, and if if you're up to a three 0 with twenty minutes to go, then put him on. You know, mm. give him a bit of run around. I,
1: I think it'll be great to see Schumacher back because when he first joined Palace, he was the kind of player that would lift the rest of the squad in terms of quality, whereas now. We're, we, we've we basically got a squad that's capable of complementing what he's good at yeah. um, but as you say it's it's going to be difficult for him just because of the strength of the, the team as it is
3: right now and especially, if, especially if Punch continues in the vein that he was in on mm. Saturday I thought he was absolutely magnificent I mean there's been talk and as with most things things get exaggerated but you look at his numbers they are down on last season a little bit not massively but a little bit like goals <coughs> per game assists per game key passes per game chances to create per game he's down a little bit on his averages for last season but I mean, if he can carry on like he was on Saturday, he'll surpass anything he did last season. I thought he was absolutely
2: brilliant. He just was changes of direction. Oh, those little like shimmies! Those little ball. shimmies in the second oh, half where yeah. he sort of lost three players at once. But I thought he was better when he came into the into the middle because yeah. I mean, we started off how we started against Newcastle that kind of four, fluid four four two thing with Yannick in the middle, and then we went back to four three four two three one in the second half and Punch went back into the middle. And I just feel like he looks
0: a bit more sort of comfortable in that also you roll. know I think we spoke about it a couple of pods ago and this may be just a bit of a mad idea we were saying that maybe Punch wasn't playing so well this season because he felt a little bit in the shadow of Kabai and sort of taken away that sort of shine that he had and you know he had a major interview in a national newspaper on Saturday I think it was in the Guardian mm, which is a was great that? interview if, if anybody's not ready you should yeah. try and look other it up newspapers other newspapers are available probably not available but <laughs> And I just think he was, you know, and and you know how 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 people were. He'd have seen that. It was on people's br- breakfast table or on their laptop on Saturday morning reading about his love for the club, his love of South London. Blah, blah. And he just, he had to go out there and prove himself that day. He had to prove himself. Again, he was a centre of attention that day when he went out. So most people would have read the article. I just think, you know... Players need their ego stroking, and he definitely it, and he does, definitely does yeah. more than most, actually. Definitely. And I think that was a real, for me, whether I'm slightly off kilter with this or not, but I think that's probably got a little bit to do with it. I that.
2: mean, I think, obviously, it's a it's a manager's job managing those egos, and I think you look at players yeah, like well, Wilf well, as well. Yeah, Wilf, if, yeah, Wilf, yeah. Wilf is a similar, and we've seen Pardes do that with dropping him and bringing him back, but Punchin and Kabai. There is, they can play together, definitely. Oh, right? There is yeah. there is a way to get the best out of them, surely, isn't there? Both um, of them. I thought certainly uh, Punchin. I,
1: I wrote a little bit about it um, for the five things we we learn piece that I do, and I kind of feel like with Punchin, you know, his stats might be down, but I think in part that's because Kabai is taking some of that responsibility from him. You know, he's no longer that kind of focal, pivotal player in our midfield because he doesn't get the ball as much because Kabai does that, and and that's fair enough. But what Punchin then has to do is basically make himself a bit more available and, and do the good things that he does anyway, which is, the, the, you know, get the skillful things right. They can play together. They're completely, you know, especially if Kabai is playing, is intent on playing that deeper role, then someone like Punchin is exactly the kind of player that you want playing alongside him or just ahead of him. Because that, that's the person that you want to
3: feed the ball to. And the thing you've got to remember is that, you know, these are top-level top level athletes and top-level footballers. But they will sometimes just fall out of form. I mean, yeah. we, had, we had Steve Brown on the pod probably about two years ago. And we were saying, well, uh, it was a time where things were just not going so great. Um, and we said, well, what's, what's, what do you think's the matter? Man? And he said, well, it's just the fact that, you know, sometimes you'll get two or three players just... Hit a bad run of form for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem to click for them, and maybe for punching out times in some games so far this season. I think it was yeah. prior to the Liverpool game, particularly. I think he's picked up and kicked on since then. But you know, you're going to have bad, you're going to have bad runs of form as a player, and like if, it does happen. In fairness to Pardie, I think he knows he can tell the difference
1: between when it's a player that needs to be played through that bad form in order to re- to, to get it mm-hmm. back, or someone like Zaha where he kind of went through that kind of spell of not playing very well. And the only way to deal with it was to drop him because he's, you know, different players, different mentalities. And I think Punchin is the kind of player that you probably do need to play through bad form. Look at Pulis. He did the same thing. He ended up he missed the penalty against Spurs. Mm. And after that, he it turned into a completely different season for Punch. I think it's the same in this case.
2: Is there any particular reason or any reasoning behind why he does seem to have a slow start and a better second half <laughs> or has in the last two years? Or was that just completely random? I, I think it's quite random.
1: It could be okay. random, or it could be that. It's we, weird, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I, I Life's think, weird. I
2: think it, is, oh, it is, though. It is. It is when you're around. yeah.
1: You, you're, you're dealing with different elements of the season because if at the start of the season, any you, you know, you look at Aston Villa when they came to Selhurst Park, and they they when they when it went one all, it looked like they could actually go and win two one, and they've only won two games this season now. I think is no. that is that right? They haven't
2: won since the opening opening day. The season yeah. possibly. So yeah, maybe really they've won two at one two.
1: one and okay. drawn three. I guess, or you know, so that that gives you an indication of what the start of the season's like. And as you get into the later part of the season, you're dealing with teams who actually, who know their, kind of know their roles and know their positioning. Um, And they've got players playing the parts that they've been given. And punching kind of fits into that
3: as well. It's a change of emphasis as well. Because, you you know, like last season, there was always some (coughs) form of physical defensive midfielder. And some of us have said there's still a place for that on on the right occasion. Mm -hmm. But we've played more or less every week with... Kibar, with Kabai and McArthur there which is it is a slightly different balance than it was last season it's going to then take you know a slight adjustment from various players and we went through a period where we weren't creating a lot in terms of open play chances and we weren't really doing a great deal even from set pieces in the final third we, we spoke about it did we? we had a run where we scored like one goal from open play yeah. and we were reliant upon penalties and the odd corner and now, now we're starting to create more chances but that, that's you know it's just the nature of adjusting your team round and trying to make them better and that, those players getting used to having uh, an influence like Kabai at the base of the field, getting used to playing with Kabai and Macarthur rather than Jednat being there to sweep up at all times. You know that they're, they're adjusting. I think it'd be a bit harsh to put it all on Punch and being out of form. Maybe it's just him adjusting to yeah. the, the, mm. the changing team as well. And, you know that they've all had to do that. And we,
1: yeah. we're we we're talking about Punch and being out of form, and yet we're sixth in the table. Yeah, you know, like this is this
3: is probably well. I think you can't say that he's out of form after seeing him on Saturday. No, 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 no. Right. Like, is. This is
1: this is easily for me personally. It's the best best Palace team. I think I've ever seen you were him.
2: saying earlier about clubs you get to the stage and clubs know their role in the table and stuff so what's Palace's role now? well exactly what no, is our we're role? Rolling. because we wouldn't be expected to be we here we don't in know what our role
0: is because we've never been here for <laughs> it's,
2: it's, been it's here for weird long time. isn't
1: it? Pardew's even talking about fourth place really? really? Like, well, he's, he, he even met, I mean that's that met, is ridiculous but that's it, it's, it sounds ridiculous but he was saying that Arsene Wenger mentioned eight clubs and he felt that Palace are probably the ninth club out of that and that he's probably not, that, that someone like Ben isn't giving Palace the kind of credit that they deserve. But if you're, like, well, that is what we're talking about here. And, I mean, in fairness, 26 points, that was the same points total that Newcastle were on when Pardew left them. So things can go drastically wrong. But mm-hmm. right now, doesn't look like it, does it?
2: Certainly the way we're playing, because we're playing very confidently. Um, speaking of a player playing confidently, Yannick on Saturday, he's learnt to cross.
0: He, he suddenly—he's well. He's learned to cross. And he's sort of learned not to do too many running around with his feet and falling over the ball and not running over too many. He just seems to be a little. He seems to have grown up quite quickly, to be honest. And again, it's a, it's a confidence thing. He's scoring goals. As well, he's making goals. But boy, he's really crossing. Good on him. But is, yeah. is that in part, do you think,
1: that because we've now got someone like Wickham who is who is right in the centre? ready for that kind of cross to come in. Whereas with Gale, you'd end up often seeing him kind of drop to, to the
0: D. I think there's a bit of that, but I, I also, also of... think there's a little bit, I think he sometimes doesn't go past that extra player. No, you're right. He'll, if, if he doesn't realise, you know, he's, he's he seems to think a little bit more. It's not all about his feet moving over the ball and all, everybody going, wow, he's brilliant, but I just wish he'd make a bloody cross. He doesn't do that anymore. He seems to just, he's seems to cut down on the on the techers, as they say in... Young people's land. <laughs> young thing? people's land. Yeah. Worst Whatever. theme park
2: ever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I thought his, his his assist for the goal was particularly intelligent play. Yeah, you know, saying, he's, yeah. he's received the ball. He's won himself half a yard by it, sort of not backing into Fonte. Cause it wasn't clearly wasn't a foul, but like wins himself a little bit of space. Puts Fonte back on his heels. Then then really goes for... Change of pace. Goes, and, you know, it yeah. pace. And it was
0: just change of pace. It was yeah. pure speed. There was, there was no messing around. It was yeah. just speed. And that's why it's brilliant.
3: And about. then still takes the time to look up and actually spot the run of Kibai coming into the box. Like lots of players, if they're not at the level of Yannick Balassi at, at that stage, just whip it across the six-yard box. Allow well, Wilf sometimes. A, a, well, yeah, quite. A, allow the keeper who was having and did have a very good game to, to claim it quite easily. But, you know, has the sort of speed of thought to, to notice the run and just a brilliant brilliant assist and a good goal we, we
2: did the um, Palace Fan TV review for um, November and Terence Ford who's from Red Blue Army said um, is it a coincidence that, that Yannick's crossing has improved and Wills has a bit here and there um, since John Solarco has come back as coach You know, arguably one of the best wingers at Palace working now with the players I mean it's, it's a fair point isn't it it's a fair point yeah Okay, moving on to the next. Does no, <laughs> no one think that John think that might be? Well, they don't invite the, us to the training ground, do <laughs> they? We, we
3: don't know how good he is at, at teaching crossing, and we don't know whether it's just that Yannick and Wilf have played themselves into some. I don't know. You know, yeah,
0: it's it's it, you know, it's a coincidence. Yes. Now, whether the two are related, it's you know, it's a debatable point. Possibly, possibly right. not. But we I think it. Well, I think it's more to do with the fact that y- that Wilf and Yala are. Growing up, growing into the team, and just working out just to how, how to play and, and how not to. You're not in the playground anymore, you know. And I think that's what they're, they're, they're learning very quickly. Mm-hmm. And maybe John's had something to do with it, maybe he hasn't. I don't know. But, you know, he was a great cross the ball, Salarco, no doubting it. You know whether he's a great coach or not. I don't know. You know, I'm. You know, it's let's debate it. I'm more um, than happy. Again,
1: okay. Without winning, wishing to kind of press the point, like we, you look at when uh, Wilf and Yannick have been at their most potent. Uh, it was with Glenn Murray in the side. You know that kind. Again, that focal point that having someone in the box or having the the the, the understanding that there is going to be someone in the box to cross to makes a massive difference to how I think wingers operate. Because uh, ultimately, when you've got someone like Dwight Gale in, in, mm-hmm. in the attack, or even, you know, Fraser Campbell as well, a lot of the time, I'd like just from a Sunday League perspective if you're, if you're a winger and you're thinking that guy's not going to score if I cross it mm. I'm going to try and do a little bit more mm. and
3: maybe create a chance myself
2: much like when we used to play around street on yeah. Sunday League I remember
3: those days <laughs> uh, I was a footballing genius ahead of my time it was a bit like when Lombardo played for Palace just two moves ahead of the rest of the team <laughs> yeah, two moves at all times I, I mean Troy that, Deeney that, that, was on goals on Sunday uh, this week and he said the only way you really stop Punching and Zaha and Balassi is by putting two men on every single one of them and basically giving yourself no mobility throughout the rest of your team now we played some teams earlier in the season who were a lot more defensively minded a lot more compact last three games we played against well we'll exclude the Sunderland game because that also falls into the bracket of the earlier compact teams but yeah. we played against Everton recently and they both looked quite da- uh, well Bellassi, sorry looked quite dangerous yeah. they both looked dangerous against Southampton they both looked dangerous at Liverpool and these are Newcastle. And Newcastle. So these were all teams who didn't bother to do that sort of doubling up on any of those three. Whereas when we played against the slightly more compact teams, that's been more or less what the opposition have tried to do at times. So, mm. I mean, it, it's kind of helped that we've had this run of games where it's been against teams who are kind of set up almost for the counter-attack. And it's made probably them look not better than they are because I think they're playing fantastically and they're great to watch. But, I mean, I think it's suited us the this type of opposition they've had uh, at times of late. Still
2: gotta find a way though, possibly again about playing against teams that do come and yeah. sit and defend but and I also play. Think, deep.
0: You know, I don't think we can really undress. I mean, I bump into like all of us, you know, if everybody listens to this, we bump into friends all the time. And more and more often our friends are saying, Wow, you're like a proper team, you know, it's amazing, you're a proper Premier League team, it's great. But every single one of them always say, It's those two wide men that do it, you know. And it's the unpredictability we say it over I say, you know, and I, I look you know I get frustrated with Zahar and Balassi as much as I love them, and I. But I wouldn't want to change that. Yeah, I don't want to change that. And in the same way that we don't know what Zahar's going to turn up or what Balassi's going to turn up. Imagine how the opponents feel. They've got no idea what's going to turn up. And I think, you know, the way that Andy's just talking about how to put two, two men on each is the only way you are going to stop them. Because mm. if they're on fire, and I think that is, that you know, as much as we love Kabai and he's running things and we've got a great defence now with Dan and Delaney in the middle, you know, we've got a great keeper and it's all looking great. You know, you've got those two players who are just, they are just flipping this whole league. I mean, we're not just talking Palace. Yeah. Every team in the league just looks at those two and goes, I wish, I, I wish we had something like that. They're just—they're just, they're just, they're killing everyone. It's amazing to watch but and against
3: good fullbacks as well. You know, really Bert, uh, against Bertrand, who's been you know starting more often than not for uh, England at times over the last sort of six months. He's been getting call-ups call and is very highly thought of. Uh, just was absolutely embarrassed by Zahar at time, particularly yeah. in the second mm-hmm. half. So mm-hmm. they're not doing it against mugs anymore.
0: They're no, doing not it against at all. Not at all.
2: Brilliant, intelligent defenders, and they're just making them look like fools. But we do the the, the, the beauty of that is because the way Yannick and Wilf play they're, they're almost sort of this is going to sound really, really unfair but they sort of highlight real players and I think that's why people from other teams enjoy watching them yeah, for, yeah. but we know that actually the rest of the squad has got a lot of talent and, and arguably underrated yeah. in terms of like uh, MacArthur yeah. so actually play, teams might focus on those wingers but actually we've still got the rest of the squad can play as well so it takes the focus away from some well, of the other players I that just, are playing very
0: well I think we're very lucky that Leicester are doing so well Chelsea are doing so badly there's other teams around us that are you know overperforming maybe sort of Watford are doing really well and he's sort of taken the, 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 the shine a little bit off Palace and we're not the most most people in the media don't really give a monkey about Palace anyway they're only now starting to give us a little bit of recognition and I think it's, you know, and we are using it to our advantage definitely. Have we, so if the start of the
2: season or start of, when, when we got promoted we were looking at Southampton and, and Swansea who have fallen away and Stoke to emulate those teams are we at a level with those teams now? Are we at a Southampton level?
0: I think we are today in the, in the middle of December, 2015. Let's 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 answer that question properly in May, 2016. You've got to be a little bit careful
3: about it as well because you know you got to remember that Southampton had a fantastic season last season. They're potentially a little bit of sort of regression to the mean going on this season. Maybe they overperformed a little bit last season and they're slightly underperforming this season. But we've got to sort of do that over an entire season. You know, we didn't do that over an entire season last year, although it was a great year. Um, and it'd be very very early to say on. You know the 13th of December that we're at that level now it's got to be done consistently it's got to be done when we lose one of Kaboy or MacArthur to injury which will inevitably, or suspension which might inevitably happen I think you also have to take
1: into account that teams like Southampton I think Swansea were were in Europe as well that you the the Europa Cup um, to start off with at the start of the season Southampton um, you know these are Everton last season where they went on that amazing run in the Europa Cup. Uh, Europa League, I guess it is. Whatever um, it's called it, these days. And ended up and ended up almost, you know, having such a drop in form in the league that they they kind of uh, had to had to, you know, get themselves out of that situation. I think that that's that's partly the risk of playing of reaching that level because for a club like Palace right now, I think your dad was saying that he'd he'd prefer it if we didn't make Europe this year and just have an opportunity <coughs> to build a little bit more on what we've got in order to be better prepared for the, for the subsequent seasons where we might actually be able to do Crazy,
2: something. though, that that you're saying, we don't want to make Europe this year and no one else is laughing you off the pod. That's a serious thing yeah, to say. Well, like It's ridiculous. It shows how far we've come. When
1: you've got 26 points at this stage of the season and we're playing as well as we are, I think it's it's fair to to chat about that. It's frightening a little bit because look at where we were. But people don't like talking about where we were, do they? So.
2: Well, I do. But anyway, t- talking about the podcast, we're going to wrap up part one there. Uh,
0: in part... Wrap it up like a Christmas present. Very oh, good. I, I mean, like this it. isn't the Christmas it's pod, but, I, I no, like, but you're, getting Christmas you're getting the it's spirit. You're getting the spirit. I like it. We're we not going to... time mine. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. Oh. Children singing in
3: Christian rhyme. Well,
0: there we go.
2: Very good. Um, uh,
3: logs around uh, the fire. Please don't do the whole film. Are Other religions and types of wood are available. Yes. <laughs>
2: good. They right. Are. In part two, we've got questions from our listeners. So join us in a bit. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Whoa, ho, ho, ho. the pre pre the podcast Christmas Eve pod. No, it's not Advent. Is it? <laughs> Christmas Eve, 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 Eve. Anyway, nearly nearly Christmas podcast. Um, we are sponsored by Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with her. Okay. And uh, JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London, owned by a Palace fan. Oh, there we go. Right. JLS,
3: did you say? JCIS. JLS. Who is JLS? JLS. It's a
2: band, isn't it?
3: They want the ones that you
0: signed,
2: I think. They won the ones that you signed? No. No. Anyway, no, not JLS. Although, I think they split up, but if they do want to sponsor us, they are welcome to. Give us some money. I think um, one of
0: them is a Palace fan. I think that, really? Yeah, I think oh, yeah. Okay. Actually, in fact, actually, I'm not even making that up. Not Brilliant, no, I think that's true. Yes, I am making it up. No, anyway. <laughs> I
2: don't know who I am anymore. Oh, God. I, I am... want to be a real boy. Oh, it's God, it's again. one of those podcasts. guys. Um, okay, uh, JCIS are our sponsors, and their website is jc-is.com. Hooray! Um, right, shall we crack on with questions from our listeners? Yes. The first question comes from Paul Lawrence. Hi, Hi Paul. Paul Lawrence. Hello, Paul. And Paul says... Um, With the Harris-Blitzer investment deal hopefully getting done this week, and he's put in brackets, SP told me, so apparently Steve Parrish told him that, um, do you think this will impact the January transfer targets? Now, there's been, Andy, a little bit of um, progress there, hasn't there? Well, showing that Palace fans
3: are always... Uh, A little bit too eagle-eyed, and perhaps a little bit too...
0: You didn't even know you were saying that, did you? I I, I
3: did, and then I sort of checked myself, and then thought, no, I'm going to go ahead with the awful hackney pun anyway. (laughs) It worked. Um, worked. Thanks, I thought so. Uh, Just showing how uh, attentive Palace fans are, there was a company registered by Harris and Blitzer, well, registered with them as directors, with its registered address as Selhurst Park Stadium, and that's about all that you can infer <laughs> from that you know it's probably highly likely that a company registered at company's house in the last week with it's registered address at Sellers Park Stadium with only Blitzer and Harris <laughs> as the directors is probably going to be involved in the investment somehow there so, you know, I go. just Blitzer at Christmas like Donna
0: yeah, the, Cupid he, you're, you're talking about reindeers yeah what yeah. is this <laughs> That's but what you're talking about. So Are you saying the Blitz is going to be delivering basically, basically. <laughs> so a Rudolph? A
1: financial, Rudolph. Yeah. taking over the Palace. Yeah, it's going to deliver a, a financial present at Christmas, hopefully.
2: Okay, um, that was horrible. Um, but the question was, will it Im- impact January transfer target? I think Steve Parrish has been in the press in the last few weeks to say that it, it the money is actually going to go towards development of the stadium rather than the January transfer market. Um then That might just be. A way of you know discouraging
3: selling clubs from basically pumping up the price, knowing that there's a shedload of yeah. a- additional cash there. I mean, you, you would expect because I personally think there are. And I'd, I'd imagine lots of Palace fans would have different opinions on which areas, but I think there are areas of the squad that need to be worked on if you if you want to sort of consolidate that position mm. around where it where is. Where do you think should be worked on? I think you need another striker, don't you? Because whether or not you think Connor Wickham is the right choice or not, when he's out, we looked a lot less effective. Mm-hmm. I think if Kabay or MacArthur get injured, then we're in a little bit of trouble. So I would like us to get an upgrade on, on, on personally, on, on Jednak, who I think the legs are starting to go. Mm. Um, I think a bit cover it centre-back. You know, and,
2: there's, there's a few positions and as you said there was a quote from um, Parju today in one of the papers about um... yeah
0: he was saying it was in uh, it was in the uh, the Guardian today it was a quote um, he was talking about Johan Kabai. Um... Saying that um, how well he's fit into the team and that it's great that um, a player of that quality that the palace can attract a player of that quality, <laughs> yeah. and he said what we need is another one maybe two of those players and then we'll be a really good team. Ooh, I mean that is <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> just it? another
3: two Yo Boys. Yeah, it's just, it's easy, <laughs> easy. Yeah, we'll just go and get them in.
1: Well, yeah, I think I think the investment um, from from the two reindeers. Um, basically you're going to have
2: to let that drop sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people will be listening in at that point and um, won't get it
1: yeah I think that the, the investment from those two will actually potentially free up some of the, the money that, that might have been earmarked for the stadium mm-hmm. you know
2: it's. Like the, 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 the I mean we all love Selhurst but it, it, it's it, going to need to it. take us on to that next level yeah. it needs development good well it'll be very exciting to have a bigger, bigger Selhurst with more seats and hopefully fans will come along and fill those seats um, you'd expect it to be all completed before Christmas though I think yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, I yeah. think the stadium development for a second. I was like, no, that'd yeah. be very no, he quick. does. No, does. Those oh, are right. very quick yeah, builders. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. Very quick builders. Did problems. you know that um, back in, whenever it was, 50, 1950 something, um, when the Arthur Waite stand was being built? so in 1960s. Palace, palace either couldn't afford enough builders or something, whatever, or needed help. And so pal- lots of local Palace fans came along and helped clear the rubble oh,
0: and start the building. The it was just after the war, though, so it was that real community spirit, wasn't Isn't it? Isn't that no, fantastic? It's amazing. Yeah, palace fans the building war. their own stadium. Well, the fifties, he sixties. Oh, he said the fifties. Fifties. It was well, like
2: the end of the, fi- it was end of just, the 50s. Just after fifteen years. Yeah, after it's, after the it's, the really 50s. it's a really cr- old stand. It's like fifteen years.
0: Fifties. <laughs> right. Next question. <laughs> what are you talking about? Next question. Confused. You will be after this episode of the FYP
2: podcast. One sixty. Next question. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Next question is from David Fraser. Hello, David. Hello, David. Oh, hello, hello he says, David. <laughs> Hello, David. You know, Dave, would, was, you, was, 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 would you, was, you like was, a glass of milk? David's question is. I'll give you several. David's question is.
0: Cut that
2: out. Is the. <laughs> Is the Premier League poorer in quality this season, or have we and a few other teams just got better? It's just the, it, no, the
3: median quality of it has improved because everyone's got loads and loads of cash. <laughs> yeah. They've gone here you go, Leicester City have seventy million pounds. <laughs> yeah. Here you go, Stoke have seventy million pounds. There's now less of a, an advantage for the likes of Chelsea and and the likes of Manchester United because albeit that they can go and spend. Sixty million quid on a player, sixty million yeah. quid on a player. Ooh. You know, other teams can go and spend ten million quid and still very good players like Johan Kabasele. So I, th- I think it also helps
1: that clubs like Man U have basically bought players that aren't actually that much of an improvement on the players that that you know that they have not bought the highest of caliber players, and so they're not performing to that level. Um, whereas for for Palace, I think as
3: as it's just leveled out really as you say I mean I I think the thing is that as the season goes on more and more I think Arsenal and City will stretch away because I think albeit that JD is now sniggering and I'm very serious and and well observed. there's some very
2: (laughs) funny questions this week but carry on well no no you've completely (laughs) ruined it next question Um, no you can carry on I was
3: yeah, just, just going, like, going over on about how Arsenal Man City will probably stretch away but yeah. we're done we're done it, it yeah. wasn't the, the most multifaceted point I was just <coughs> using long words to make it sound clever than it actually is like I usually I do at most th- points
0: I don't think we've got the best league in, the, in, the, in, in Europe but it's definitely the most exciting league I mean, certainly this top. season as well well I don't know just saying it
3: well I think you'd look at Spain, and you'd say that the top two are better than anyone in top our league. Top two, so. yeah, yeah. And yeah. you'd look at uh, the Bundesliga and you say the top one is better yeah. than anyone in our league. But and I think, France, the top one. the top one, again, is probably better than a lot of people and a lot of teams in our league. But I think in terms of average quality, I, I don't think there are many leagues that yeah, are as, you, as
0: equal. Yeah, but you don't know much about the Belgian league, do you?
3: Mm.
2: Or the no, Swedish no. leagues? Well, yeah. well, well, no. Exactly. Norwegian the league. Irish Premier League. Yeah, The IPL. Um, I thought you said, wouldn't it, what's better? I thought you meant... What's better, having the best league in the league in the world or having the most competitive? What would would you
3: rather? Well, best is very subjective anyway. Some people want to watch Real Madrid and Barcelona beat everyone, you know, four and five, nil every single week and absolutely love that. I'd say that ours is probably at that level as competitive as any league anywhere else.
0: This is interesting. I was out with a friend the other day and this is me name-dropping a little bit, but he's um, Gattuso's brother-in-law. Clang. (laughs) Gattuso, <laughs> who won a World Cup. For Italy, played. Genaro Gattuso, who yes, used to play
1: for Rangers. Played for
0: Rangers, yeah, he's married to, because my friend's Scottish, he's married to my mate's um, sister.
2: Doesn't and he know Noel
0: Gallagher or something? Gatuso, I don't, know. I
2: don't uh, know. No, that's Del Piero.
0: That's, yeah, that's Del yeah. Piero. Anyway, Gattuso, I've, I've never met the guy, but I was out with um, his brother-in-law a couple of weeks ago, he was a mate of mine, and he was saying that Gattuso's favourite league in the whole world that he watches as much as he can, even on playback, is the Championship really yeah he said because he just finds it he said it's so on a level that yeah. all the teams are so and he goes and also the prize is so massive yeah. that the competitive nature of the championship is what and it's not necessarily the skill level it's more the competitive nature mm. and I think it's, I'm saying that to prove the point about the Premier League it's the competitive nature of the Premier League mm. that I think draws us all in the fact that you can get well, I'm not counting Aston Villa because they can't do anything at the moment, but most teams can beat everybody <laughs> yeah, else. Certainly, this season at that yeah. competitive level yeah. has got yeah. much more level playing field. So,
2: good stuff. Good question, that. Uh, the next question. question comes from Neil Peters. Oh, Hello, hi, Neil. Neil. He how says, Should FYP be rebranded as How Far We've Come fanzine? No. I mean, it's not as catchy. Five either.
3: year progress? Oh, progress? No. I, I, this progress. is why I don't let you two go into like, the, the name stuff. <laughs> It, it, <laughs> we, we just end up being called. Oh, haven't we done well, fancy or how so about five-year party? Because it no, has been a five-year party. No, it? that just makes it sound like some sort of really niche pornographic site of some sort, and I just don't want to get into that. So, no, we're keeping
0: it as FIP FIP for your pals, for your palace, for your palace, for your palace. There you go, for your palace. Actually, go for your palace now. Is it? That's official. No. Um The next question. Nap. That was that was
2: a joke before the pod. So. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> right, next question is from Rob Goodwin. Oh, hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. Oh, goodness. Hello, Good mate. Is. He says, uh, Was Saturday Yannick's best performance this season, and are we going to lose him in January? And I will tag onto that another question from Chris Chris Kay. I was, I was about to ask if you need some hold music while you... <laughs> <laughs> I was scrolling through the questions. Uh, Chris Kay, who says, Would. Would we still sell Yannick to Spurs in January if they offered 20 million? So first part, was it his best game? And, and and you know, would we take 20 million for him now? I can't think of many
3: games where he's played much better. No, I can't. Although he was, he was fantastic against Newcastle as well. I thought, albeit against a terrible, terrible team. Yeah. I but think yeah. it probably was his best game because Southampton had a better team. Than yeah, I'd yeah. agree with that. I thought he yeah. was good against Everton, but yeah, you're right. I think in terms of performance, in terms of just the, the contribution he made. I mean, in, in terms of selling it, this point's been made ad nauseum on sort of Sky commentaries and stuff recently, that medium-level Premier League clubs are now under less pressure to sell. You know, <coughs> Everton were offered 40 million quid for John Stones, yeah. so, and albeit that he's a very good player, didn't feel the need to take it because they've now got so much money coming in from the TV deals that it's kind of outweighed in terms of benefit of taking the cash now, uh, keeping the player, and then getting the money in from the TV deals. So, I... <sighs> Unless Yannick really disrupts for a move and goes, No, I don't want to be here under any circumstances. And you can't see why he'd do that when he's playing well and he looks happy now and he looks a bit more settled than he did a couple of months ago. I'd, I'd just be incredibly surprised. I also
0: don't think the club would say, Oh, 20 million, that's a good deal. Let's let's take the 20 million. Because as you say, Andy, they don't need the 20 million.
3: When you just got the two when, American guys. Yeah, about and, to also, come
0: in. and also, there's so much money now in the Premier League from TV deals and all that. And you're right, it goes back to the first the second question, whatever it was, about. How it's getting slightly more of a level playing field, you know, and it's and, and I also where are you gonna be- f-
2: you're not going to find anyone that has the impact Yannick's having at the moment for twenty million anyway, really. Like,
1: <coughs> and and who's gonna who's gonna try and bid for him? Like, when you look at who who would be competing against Spurs, who are we're level on points with right now? <laughs> um, Who, despite you know they've had more goals, but then also who do that? Who would they want to bring Yannick in for? Who does he replace? I think it's. I, I hate the thought of selling someone like I hate like, the January transfer yeah. window oh, to be honest I'm yeah, not, not a
2: fan either yeah. just the
1: thought of selling one of our one of like the, one of the players that makes you stand up yeah. and, and you know encourage makes make, make going to Selhurst Park worthwhile definitely just the thought of selling someone
2: like that also just, one of the players that's been horrendous. on the journey with us from, from the bottom of the championship yeah. all the way here oh boy, now, now you'll you, you know how, <laughs> how I felt when Stuart O'Keefe left yeah, oh, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm with you. let yeah, not over that can kind of worms. Um, um, the next question. Right.
2: Don't cry. Next question comes from <laughs> Daniel Hakola. Oh, hello, Hi, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Um, he says, Which Palace player or players do you think would be the best coach after finishing as a player? Ooh. Oh, good yeah. question.
0: Really good question.
3: Um, I've never really thought about that. Um, no, I
0: haven't
2: either. Damien Delaney,
1: perhaps. Just because of the kind of his experiences what he's
2: gone through didn't you say on this very podcast that he didn't want to go into coaching oh maybe I don't know I can't remember but, did I did, I but can't in remember. Term, if
1: you're looking for characteristics, idea,
2: character yeah. character in terms of leadership he's got
1: leadership qualities uh, in terms of experience he's gone from being playing almost at the lowest level to playing regularly and well at the highest level mm-hmm. why not so he wants someone like that kind of Bretta.
3: character. I, I think Breda is a fantastic show. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. I think that's probably so the one i choose. He's a very considered man. Is that good? I yeah. also
0: think they a... so wouldn't have to give Spironi him. Baroni comp- would make a good goalkeeping coach. Mm.
2: Yeah, well, we said that before. We hope yeah. that he will stick around at some point well, That would be good. If not say, that, yeah. then in a restaurant or something. um the next one comes from... That, that is the most disrespectful... Sorry, <laughs> <answer. laughs> that is a bit. You know what I mean? Because of, of his restaurant... Jules, you can, you can you can bring people butter if you want. <laughs> Do you want to be... Jesus. Do you want to be sous chef? No, um, <coughs> you know what I mean. Because of his restaurant. I, said lasagna. Be... I said
0: lasagna. I said yeah. lasagna. Do not want this? Well, to be fair, he'd be good
2: at like, taking food to the tables because he wouldn't <laughs> drop it, would he? No, OK, oh, I'm, I'm done, okay. I'm done. I'm sorry. That's really disrespectful. Oh. Um, next question is from... Oh, God. Um, it's from Dave Cook. Oh, hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. He says, when I drop a player from my fantasy team, currently Kabai, Dan, or Yannick, they always score. Who should I drop for Stoke? Wickham, Shamak, or Soare? Don't
1: drop a Palace player. Do you have, have to drop answer. a Palace player? Yeah, exactly. I've got three yeah. in
2: mine. Uh, I dropped JD, Kabai. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shame on what you. Did, what did you do at the weekend, I dropped Judy? Kabai this week. I did yeah. exactly and the same thing as And did today. he score? He scored he, and got yeah. bonus
1: points No, well. I, I, I take part in the fantasy football, the Premier League fantasy football you, uh, you've got a choice of three players. You, uh, to me, you always have to have three. And where are you management. in the league? Where are you in the leagues? I don't really care about that, do I?
0: Uh-huh. Right. I find the actual Premier League enough fantasy for my life without playing some childish boy games. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I have no Palace players because there's no room for emotion, and uh, I found
2: better performing players in terms of points per money unit spent. But well, you're wrong oh. though because Scott Dan is like one of the great, the most points of yeah. any of any player from defense. So someone so. has been paying attention.
3: I've not logged in for four.
1: Kevai's Kibai, actually got a lot of points
2: <laughs> midfield, so yeah, it's um, been great. So anyway, who should
3: he? Who should he drop? I out think it'd kind of yeah. be nice to see can get a goal. Yes. I mean, in terms of you yeah, know playing yeah. along with the question, it, I, I think yeah. it'd be really nice if we could get him playing on the score. along with the Play, question. playing along with the question thing. I that was a nice
2: question. It is a good question and no, I, no, I agree with you I'd, I'd like to see Wickham score it'd okay. be
3: one of those moments where he, he's added so much to the team recently exactly. he's playing well the performances is good you know he, he's he's creating some half decent openings for himself like against Southampton with that volley that we mentioned and the header against Everton he's mm-hmm. getting into
2: good positions mm-hmm. it's just a matter of time you would have thought it feels yeah. like he's getting closer he's getting closer each game to, to yeah, getting is. a goal yeah. yes. um, the next question is from James Hawkins oh, hi, hi James. James he says um, can we try and get On Me Shed Son or Game of Two Barbs back at halftime this <laughs> yes, is very random what's,
0: what's the best halftime entertainment you've seen at Sellers? We, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago on the pod and I was saying my favourite ones was when the Monday Night Football first started on Sky TV and there were two giants blow up sumo wrestlers that used to come on at half time and fight each other. Do you know the best one bit? One from each team. Fantastic. The best bit is that
3: wasn't even supposed to make it onto the pod. We hadn't started that part yet, but we found it so amusing hearing you ran on about sumo wrestlers. Oh, the yeah. Bit, <laughs> that we actually included it. My favourite one was uh, when I went on and did the half time thing and had to get it over the hoarding and fell on my arse.
2: Did you? Yeah, I did. I, the... went, I was about
3: 15. I went on oh, and did that God. all the time. really? Born I never knew that. Yeah. When oh. you had to kick, kick it from
2: the halfway line. Kick it
3: from the halfway line, kick it from the edge of the air. I never knew I, that. I blasted every single one over.
2: Really? Yes. I never knew that. But <coughs> yeah. Some wow. guy won that, didn't they? And they, they like had, to, had to give him the car. They <laughs> were devastated. Really? Oh, he's actually won the car. Oh crap! Yeah, and then, it, and then it was never a thing at whole time again. <laughs> no, but then after, the that, after that, they made it more
3: and more difficult. So they, they took it from being like a hoarding across the bottom half of the goal to just being this tiny ball-shaped, uh, only slightly wider than the circumference of a football hole in the middle of the goal, and no one wanted funny enough off that. Funny that it just became like watching someone kick a ball against a wall, which you <laughs> could do it wherever do you, you like. Really. Do you remember the, the? For me,
1: one of the things that I remember is when they had the uh, the world record attempt with the Crystal Cheerleaders, the original Crystal cheerleaders leaders crew and they got like a bunch of random kids all to dance on the centre stage. did circle. they? yeah I think it was what against was the record, Burnley then? years ago I don't, I don't know but did was, they make
2: the record? I don't, don't know. think they did brilliant anecdote yeah, well, I don't <laughs> know
3: but I just, it was so amateur it was just it was brilliant I also, liked, also yeah. liked the uh, do you remember the Freddie Mercury impersonator yes that wasn't so amazing like, so bad no one genius. usually cares about half entertainment but he got sort of a, Booze in unison <laughs> around the entire ground from 20,000 people who come back oh. to their seats from the bar just to boo
1: him. And <laughs> that yeah, also happened with the gospel singers. I, I think we've had we've had some terrible performances. Yeah, before, oh, they're
3: quite on, merciless, on our, our thing, fans, yeah. at about <laughs> half time entertainment. Yeah. But I mean, there is, well, when you set the bar that high with sumo wrestlers on me shed, yeah. son, and a game of two bars. But there's
2: none <laughs> so of those no, no, challenges. No, there's none of those challenges. <laughs> I don't games know. back anymore like the game of two bars or anything and so. nothing like that
0: it's a shame it's there's a shame. so much yeah. going on at half time now well no though. it's just look it's oh, you get the crystals going on dancing yeah. to some crap heavy metal
2: yeah
0: and then um, and then somebody giving somebody an award for something that they've made yeah. I don't know
2: and then the uh, I mean, half okay. the Carry the on. half-time super draw that no one can remember anyway yeah well I always lose I my get a ticket. ticket and I get me and then I forget ticket. about it yeah. so I probably won I probably haven't won. Right, next question is. This is a great question with, uh, from a great named listener um, from Paul Phoenix. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have a good I have name.
0: I That's think it. I think he's risen before. There
2: we go. Uh, good. And this is a great question. Oh God, I have no, he's idea. On flames, I have yeah. no idea how this is going to go. Um, so Pardy went out drinking with some of the fans after the game last week, which was with the Home Fanatics yeah, to in, celebrate ten in years in the White Horse. I think in the White Horse to celebrate ten years of, of the Home Fanatics being a group. If you were to go relaxing with Pard's over a pint, what what would you ask him? <laughs> I would, no, i tell you what, I,
3: I'm going to give a serious answer here rather than a defamatory one, uh, mostly because he's not here. I would say, do, did you really think that Kevin Day's question about it being more difficult to play at home than away was a stupid question, <laughs> or were you just trolling him? Because at the fair rules yeah. at the Player of the year, and, and Kev still mentions it in a really hurt and quite insecure <laughs> way. Is that why you brought he it up? He called me stupid. Ah, uh, brilliant. Oh, I uh, think it was actually quite a fair question, to I, I thought it was too, so I'd ask Pards um, if, if that was actually what he
0: thought of that question good, good one what would you guys ask cards over a pint <laughs> um, I would probably ask him does he really feel that his the legendary status was justified just for one goal in a semi-final mm-hmm. FA Cup semi-final which was, oh, was a great goal and I was out it very well
3: be a pretty quick pint that one
0: wouldn't it <laughs> <you? laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry Enders I've got to
1: leave um, I'd probably ask him that uh, if Newcastle came back and said you've got complete control of everything that's going on at the club uh, would you go back? He Surely wouldn't. He, he wouldn't would. go back. He wouldn't but go back. can you imagine? Like you know, I think it's a if he's you know, would he go back? And how? Like thinking about how Newcastle I can't
2: imagine he, he would no, never go back.
3: I'd be amazed if it... just given. That I think he places quite. You know, a great importance on the fact that he's got a relationship with the fans that he has mm. it, and obviously that's not the be-all end-all. And obviously, if Man United came knocking him and go, well, I know that that a huge, huge clubs come in for me, but I could go drinking in the White Horse, and that's clearly not going to come into yeah, it. Yeah. But I think going back to a club where the fans just disliked him, yeah, yeah. actively disliked him, and a, a, albeit perhaps people could say it was a noisy minority, but a, a vast section of their support just really, really didn't like him and wouldn't want him right back. I just, I'd be amazed if someone of Pardy's ilk would just go oh yeah fine and I go think back. he's
2: happy here because we, we do like him because he was a former player yeah. although obviously he wasn't a f- fantastic player I did an interview with um, World Soccer Talk this week and um, they the the chap on there a really nice guy was asking me what's it like having a cult hero Palace legend back and I had to say he wasn't he wasn't that good a player he wasn't actually that
0: great I mean yes he put the ball in the Scousers didn't and, you know, but a lot of people outside the club seem to think because he's a former player that he's yeah, this
2: kind of palace legend and he yeah. sort of wasn't really, well, I, I, really guess,
1: I guess the other question you could probably ask him if I might is the England I don't think you get, get to a job. second question if the but just the England job because cause, you know, to some extent you could argue that this palace uh exercise is is in some ways a PR exercise as well because he's trying to do you know he's doing all the right things the right way isn't he mm-hmm. he's, he's building up a good relationship with fans yeah. he's showing a kind of a level of uh, professionalism that that he perhaps would as, would himself admit that he didn't really show at Newcastle especially with regards to other managers other players you know headbuttings and whatever else yeah. um I think this is
2: you know he has said that if if, a few weeks if, ago he would like the England and job and he's also he, said he that
1: he'd only take it for, for you know one tournament right. so then you know what would you say
2: would he take the I job that, and would he come I, back to I'll be well, I think that would be a better question than the Newcastle yeah, one to lead enough. with to be honest yeah I didn't really think well, about well you could warm him up with Newcastle right. question Good. Then, <laughs> then his expectations be
1: really low
3: Like am I going to go back to a club where they wanted me out for two years and where I hated it yeah Oh, now you've asked me the England question. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: But it's right. an ego thing as well, though, isn't it? Like he, he, he you know, It's interesting, though, because... Like, it would be an interesting challenge to go back to somewhere like Newcastle and having another go at trying to convince them that he's actually a better manager than the he <coughs>
2: was. It certainly would be In a challenge. In my humble opinion. Good. Okay, right, two more questions then before we wrap up. Uh, the first one's from Andy Lee. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. And he says, um, says... I don't think we've ever been asked this. What is everyone on the pod's favourite home and away kits? a very straightforward question but I don't well, my We've favourite kit is
0: a uh, red and blue stripe good um, more specific
3: well the question needs to be a little bit more specific does he say just I'm, I'm assuming he means home and away
2: kits ever home and away
3: palace ever. kits <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> doesn't even say palace but let's assume palace okay river plate away from <laughs> 1972 <laughs> good kit very yeah. good yeah
1: very um, very, very good to be serious, I think the favourite <laughs> 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 favourite home kit would be the uh, the Adidas one, the Bayern one. Yeah, I did like it Yeah, it was, like so yeah, was classy. I like Lombardo. was It was brilliant watching him in that kit. And then uh, away, I, th- I still think the, the the evil sash, the black with the red and blue stripe. I love
2: that.
3: Uh, Admiral sash home from oh, eighty one or seventy nine.
2: Seventy nine, I think. I think yeah. seventy
3: nine. Uh, so no doubt someone will tweet me abusing me for getting that wrong so apologies in advance but the admiral sash for home away
0: i've got i've got um a crazy little love for the um brazil kit that we used to play I was because going to it play was TT, just so yeah. mental yeah. it was just so mad that we wore a brazil kit well, for i like away I, games. I, I, liked, I, I like any
2: too. of the any of the yellow away kits we yeah, have yeah. i I a mean, bit of an affinity to it. Yeah, I think they're, yeah. they're really nice. I mean, it's fair to say... we've oh, we too well of... in the away, no, in the no, yellow no. one, don't I, we? Since,
1: since um, CPFC 2010 took over, I think it's fair to say that the majority of our kits have actually been really nice, especially compared to the Jordan. II. I
2: didn't like the half and half one. No, really? Yeah, I wasn't no, a no, massive no, I fan of that. It. I wasn't the, the Basel the kit
3: I thought looked terrible.
2: But that was made up for with the... Uh, evil Sash away kit sure. i will have to agree my favourite home sash. kit ever
1: but compare that to like the area kit where we had that weird triangle thing like, yeah some of those like, were terrible yeah, yeah really.
2: Um, shocking. I like the bi-minute one but I I love the uh, FA Cup final shirt yeah, or oh, that yeah. shirt we wore for a couple of years That well, one, the away one the, no the uh, not the bumblebee one no no one likes that <coughs> the, um, one, <laughs> the, game the one Jesus game one game one game the virgin bucktour is it bucktour oh that's <laughs> just gorgeous that one good right final question goes to Mike Timms Hi, Mike. Oh, hi, hi. Mike. and he says, given that we've been a second half team for the last two seasons, what's I think your prognosis?
3: Play well in the second
1: half of
2: the season. What does he mean?
3: Second half of matches. He means second
2: you... half of the of the season. Oh, right. Stop being facetious. Um, but I think we are we are generally better after half time Okay, fair point. Uh, but what's your prognosis for 2016? So I reckon he probably means the second half of the season then. Yeah, <laughs> he does.
3: Yeah. Anyone? Uh well we're not gonna win a match again
0: and then we're gonna go down with a record high number of points.
2: Anyone serious with a serious answer?
0: I just like us to carry on the way we're going, really, and not, not, not lose too many games and just, just and just to keep that fighting spirit. Just hit the forty points and then who knows. I think we'll canter, we I think do. we'll
3: canter through forty points quite early comparatively. I'd like to knock on um, the door of
0: success and it open up and welcome
2: <laughs> us in. Right, I think that is a good point indication for me to have a break. Um, so, in part three, we're going to go uh, back in time for on this day. De- sorry, for in this week. Um, so, join us a bit. <laughs> Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast.
4: Hey. There
2: we go. There we go. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, pod 160 sponsored by vector printing for all your printing and embroidery needs go to vector.co.uk and that's vector with a k. K. k and jcis the global research and brand consultancy from south london visit jc-is.com uh, so chaps it's part three it's time to go back in time get in our delorean and head back this week to the 14th of december 1994. oh as you know Ooh. i'm i'm using neil mcstein's brilliant on this day book of Crystal Palace to, to reference these I think Neil might have been stuck a little bit for the 14th of December though because um, he had only two updates are oh, that Chris Coleman played for Wales against Bulgaria look I've told you before stop this in Wales and <coughs> that the, in 2001 the Selhurst Park club shop stayed open until 9pm so that Andreas Rubens and Andrew Martin could sign autographs. Fantastic! What a glorious wow. day in the history of our beloved <laughs> Crystal Palace. What day was that? Fourteenth of December, two thousand. Midweek. Night? They don't do that anymore, do they? No,
3: no they, they don't actually. And do autographs. Was that? Like, I, I, I tell you what, that, those were in the days where we used to put on lot like, these
2: events. And literally two people would turn up. I miss those days. Well, we used to have the old open day. Do you remember the open days? You used to do before the start of the season. Yeah, you Don't do them anymore. You go on right? the pitch and stuff, didn't you? Yeah. To sort of
3: look around the stadium. You, you know what I learned today? About uh, is it La- Road? No,
1: it's not. Well, not quite. But uh, Latvian in in Latvia, it's the law for uh, males to have an S at the end of their first name. So Andres Rubens, and then also Alexander's Kalinko.
0: Apparently, the S is a legal thing.
2: Oh, okay. Wow! Like, I didn't know where that was gonna go, but I'll be honest if you
0: split, that that was actually quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, you can make that palace well Good. You brought
2: that back at the end. Ru- Rubens was um, maybe I'm Latvian Maybe I oh, yeah, maybe I am too. Yeah, yeah um, Rubens you never know. well, I'm actually fairly certain I'm not. Let's um, Andre Street Rubens uh was a good we spent a million pounds on even 1.2 million pounds two. he was recommended by Arsene Wenger They
3: scored two fantastic goals and he was uh, at that time managed by Gary Johnson who was Latvia manager Oh, and yeah because uh, oh. yeah, I believe Wenger had him on loan but then Johnson also recommended him to Palace I mean, oh yeah hi on Gary Johnson one of the many times that Gary Johnson tried to describe a Crystal Palace football club and uh, we signed him do you
2: think Rubens a... would actually because I think no. at that time the team wasn't very do you think now no no I remember him being
3: quite
1: good he was alright and then he, then in that second leg of the Liverpool uh, against Liverpool in the League Cup uh, Steven Gerrard just completely destroyed him with a tackle and that is it? Like he, did, he didn't recover
2: from that. I, mean, I think it was also the fact that he wasn't very good at football. Yeah, he wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I remember him being not too bad, and he did score two for brilliant a goal at Leicester, spanked it in top corner, and the goal at home to Liverpool in the first leg. Yeah.
4: One of the best. Alex goals
2: wasn't that great ever, either. To be fair, Alex Klinko was a competent goalkeeper. He was competent. He, I thought he was fine. He, I mean, he, he was erratic, and he did get you know punched in the face like by one <laughs> of the Palestinians. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, I think he was—he wasn't. He, he was lovable. He was like a lovable. Yeah. No, maybe it wasn't that good. I don't know. Next, so let's let's also go <laughs> back. Where are we? Oh yeah, here's one. Here's one. Go so on, go back on. to 1995. Okay. All right. Okay. Tw- so we'll Twenty years ago. Twenty years ago. So it's the 16th of December. So 20. Saturday 16th. Okay. Which Palace player scored his only league goal for Palace in a 2-1 victory away at Stoke in the First Division?
0: nineteen ninety
2: five. We spent quite a lot was of money. Garrett Taylor.
0: It was Gareth wow, Taylor. Well
2: done. Wow. Well done, street. Garrett Taylor's
0: story.
3: debut I think was also Dougie Friedman's around Dougie Friedman's first game. In fact, Gareth Taylor's debut for Palace was against I think Stoke at home, which was Dougie's first home game. Dougie made his I think debut for Palace against Birmingham mm-hmm. away the game before. So there was Excellent. like a new new strike force at that point. But and yeah. obviously, one of them went on to become a Palace legend, and the other was Dougie Fay. Oh, hey. <laughs> no, Dougie, of course, went on yeah, to be a Palace yeah, legend, yeah. but uh, Gareth Taylor faded into obscurity. Did
0: you? Did we get him from Bristol, Gareth uh, Taylor? Bristol Rovers. Bristol Rovers, I think. Rovers wasn't it? Yeah. And
3: uh, I think his. his uh, so he was so bad for Palace after he scored that goal. He had blonde hair, didn't he? He did yeah. have yeah. Blonde, blonde hair. Blonde hair. Blonde look, blonde yeah. locks. Yeah. O- after he scored that one goal they actually, various fans got together and printed a I Saw Gareth Taylor score t-shirt. Really? His dad was at a match thereafter and went, that's just really offensive. I, I take deep, deep, what? deep offence at that. Because really? all these lads walking
0: around in these Gareth, I Saw I'm Gareth T- Taylor score <laughs> So yeah. So it wasn't like, I, to know if I still got their t-shirt. I want,
2: I want one of those. Oh, oh, yeah. I wasn't, if, I wasn't if, there. If but.
0: anybody's got one of those t-shirts, could you please... Um, Take a picture yeah. of it and tweet it. That'd be yeah. great, yeah. I'll tell you what, anyone who can tweet us a photo
3: of them in an I saw Gareth Taylor score t-shirt will give a free fanzine too. Can we yes. do that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. there we go.
2: Um, Excellent, yeah. And, and it was against Stoke, who Palace play on awesome. Saturday. He was oh. absolutely absolute oh. terrible. <laughs> he was absolutely, absolutely terrible. Um, last His dad's one.
1: probably listening. He'll be deep.
2: Yeah, he's now. <laughs> <laughs> Sue <laughs> Right. Last, last one then. Uh, we're going back to the 19th of December, 2003. Ooh. When Ian Dowie was officially appointed as Crystal Palace manager. Oh, those heady days. And uh turned things around, but the next day, 20th of December, uh, Kit Simons took charge of the team. Anyone know who we played that Reading. day? Yeah, ready. Wow. One score for Palace? Yeah, 3 0. Uh, Scorers?
1: Uh, Julian Gray scored, I think, didn't he? Did he come back? He, was that the game? Oh, no, that was Forrest, was Johnson it? definitely
2: scored. Yeah. Did uh, he score too i uh, I'll be honest, it's not written down. Round, round. I, actually, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
0: have actually no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but possibly. This is a good section, isn't it? At the part of this one. Do but but really you
2: remember that? In case you realise,
1: I think I was up in Scotland at the time and I actually flew back for it
2: well done yeah. um, 20th of December and then <laughs> Palace must have been in the bottom three at that point or it really, certainly around we there. and close. then we got playoffs at the end it makes you realise what a great run that second half but of the that, season that I result
1: went. basically uh, most Palace some Palace fans think that that result was, was essentially all Kit Simons and Kit Simons then helped us get all the way into the playoffs and win the playoffs. And well, it I, think, I think
3: that result probably Ian was Dowie Kit didn't, as he picked the team no, for no, that no. match.
1: But Ian Dowie doesn't, didn't deserve any credit for the promotion that we got because Kit Simons recently been sacked by Fulham, hasn't he? He has. Kit, Kit yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Poor guy. yeah.
2: But uh, obviously, certainly set Dowie on his way and, and was a pivotal win in that season. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good right well there you go that's uh, that's our in this week done for this week some uh, some good ones there um in the final part of the podcast we're going to look ahead to the trip to Stoke so in a bit Hello, welcome back to the Fabio Plan Podcast! Final part of this week's episode, uh, Pod 160 sponsored by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com and- We will. Good. And vector printing for all your print and embroidery needs, whatever they may be, including festive ones, I guess. If people want festive-
3: I wonder if they do Gareth Taylor t-shirts for us.
1: Maybe we we can get them to do Gareth.
2: That's a great idea. Uh, anyway, do you reckon they do that?
3: I tell you what, if we can get hold of one of the original <laughs> Gareth Taylor T-shirts, we could do, like, a run of them. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't really, out of context, it wouldn't really sort I think they, make sense. They, so they would sell, you know. <laughs> so right now, it's a great idea. Sell literally as many as
2: our EPPP T-shirts. <laughs> which... Um, I E3. Yeah, which are still in my parents' garage. Um, <laughs> vector, um, their website is vector.co.uk, and that's Vector with Okay. Good. Okay, so uh, the next game for Palace is away at Stoke. Uh, where we won last season uh, with a very, very good win, 2-1 win. Uh, this season, I feel, might be a bit trickier because Stoke are, well, they're playing fantastic, Rob, aren't they? They're really progressing. They? Um,
1: they are. They're, they've got some really good players. Um, but the interesting thing is, actually, I, I, my company are based uh, in Stafford, were based in Uttoxeter, so that's quite close to Stoke. Um, and I've got quite a few were, uh, colleagues who are Stoke fans um, and, and some of them, like the majority of them said that they're so inconsistent at the moment. OK. Um, the game against West Ham where West Ham were missing some players, like missing key players, they just couldn't score and so uh, he, he reckoned that Palace might actually end up getting another
2: result. Um, really? But yeah, they, were, they the seemed to be quite strong at home. They beat City 2-0 the other day, didn't they? And were very, very fairly good. They're just they're sort of doing what we want to do they're getting away from their classic Stoke play of, of quite direct they're, they're spending a lot of money with their before on players and they seem to be evolving quite quickly don't they Stray? well
3: yeah I, you know the, the team that signs the likes of Shaqiri and has Bojan in their team and, like they're, they're not the players that we archetypally would have associated with Stoke but they've still got the strong core that they've always had with players like Huth and, and Shawcross at the back you know it, it's, it's never an easy game up there and Manchester City found that they, they, they've added some sort of pace and flair and uh, sort of attacking intent to that solid base. But they're still they're still a difficult team to play against. And I think we'll not get as much mileage from sort of set pieces and those types of opportunities against them as we will do against other teams because there are two giants in the middle. They're always ready to head everything out. So you need to be a little bit more intelligent. But there's space to play against them in. You know, City were particularly terrible. I mean, City without. Vincent Company this this year look it's it's like night and day between mm, how yeah. good they are with him in that team and how bad they are when he's injured and again in that match they looked at sort of sixes and sevens and Stokes showed that if you make basic defensive errors they'll punish you and we we don't tend to make. The type of which is great to say, considering we're comparing ourselves to the team that's probably going to win the league. But we tend not to make the sort of mistakes that City do when the company's not in that defence and when they're having to deal with like of sort of Mangala and Otamendi being their first choices. Mm. I, I think it will be a tight game again up there, and it will be probably the odd goal that ends up deciding it.
2: We play. I I feel it might be quite similar to the
0: Everton game, which is where we I think we'll be on the the back foot for periods. I, th- I think I think Mark, Mark Mark Hughes will know that the threats coming down the flanks as well and I think yep. he'll try to shut Zaha and Yala up definitely. Because mm. he's you know as much as I don't like Mark Hughes he's quite clever. But they, they try you know what though they tried to play that kind of game against
1: us last time didn't they and it didn't work because he ended up with Glenn Murray. You know we went a bit more direct and Glenn yeah. Murray nodded it on and then with yeah. And Rook Yannick won the penalty. Yannick won they? the penalty. So I think it's it it's going to be interesting because it'll be you know it's one of those things where um, I think Palace can change and adapt their game as much as Stoke would to, to us and Pardew loves playing some surprises Would he? you
2: Would you? if you guys were Pardew would you play the same team that started on on Saturday against Southampton or like the Everton game in, in a change that was forced because of suspension would you bring in someone like, like Jednak or Ledley um is it a kind of game for someone like that, or, or would you keep would, it the same? I guess
1: it, the question is, who would you drop for for, for Ledley, or well, obviously
2: Wilf for suspended the Everton games? So that's right, why he yeah. came in. Uh, but what would you I, guys I'm not do? Sure.
1: I think the thing, the, the biggest risk for us is that you've got players like Arnautovic and Shakiri and Bojan, and these are players that love getting the ball and running. You know, they they're, they're just they're essentially like. The equivalent of Wilf and and Yannick, but in a more central way, and I think that that is probably the biggest risk that we're playing. That you've you've got to kind of shore up against that. But then again, we've got MacArthur and Kabai, and uh, you know we've spoken about Kabai playing a a slightly more deep role. Mm. But that they're they're very good at that, so it's going to be. I think I don't know. It's it's tough, isn't it? It's it's going to be difficult to predict.
2: We might we we might see MacArthur and Kabai. Less going forward, I guess. If you have got the likes of Shakira in that lot, breaking, I gonna think Shakira's injured roster. at
3: the moment. Is he? Oh really? He's not been playing recently. I don't know if he's back in time. But you know, I even think... without him, they've got Afri, they've got Bojan, and it's, it's almost like I'm reading from their team sheet from the last match. <laughs> and they've got Van Ginkel, so you know they're, 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 they've got some decent attacking players, and um, they'll, they'll show some decent intent. I, I don't see them being any better than a and an Everton, for example, who mm. we played against recently. I don't think they'll be quite as dynamic as them in the, the final third and. I think we've got enough to get either a draw or a win up there. It's just about making sure that that you don't make any mistakes from set pieces and that you actually try and get them down the flanks. Because I, I don't rate their fullbacks particularly highly. I don't think they're bad, but um, you know I'm not not the hugest
2: fan of Glenn Johnson. And well, I don't think anyone is. But um, we're not. That's the I think thing Glenn like, Johnson is. Well, you'd imagine yeah. so. Yeah. Um, this Palestinian doesn't seem to make. That's the thing about this person, they don't seem to make massive mistakes. Like they're, they're always in games,
0: even under pressure. I mean, there's to there's the odd in. individual mistake, but that's but that's human error, you know? Yes, yeah. but, like, but I don't think they the, don't go missing, you know. What I, I mean? I don't think the teams. I don't think we. Mm. I don't think we've gone out there and been so tactically inept, or the whole team has not performed. You, so we're, we're always in there. We're always yeah. in there with a shout. I think that's our.
1: I think that's our biggest strength. We're helped by the fact that you've got characters throughout the whole side. Like we, I mean, you know, we keep labouring the point, but but people like Delaney are the kind of people that will hold people to like will hold teammates to a certain standard. And if you're not switched on and you're not, you know, you're not paying attention, they'll they'll let you know ultimately. Yeah. Um, but I think it helps for Palace that we have the, the this strong spine of a side again. You know that we've got we've got Delaney, we've got Dan, we've got all the right through the middle, Kabay, MacArthur, up front you've got Wickham. That that's a really strong spine and if you can build on that then, you know, we've got the tools that you need to, to break down a, a team like Stoke. Mm. They're going to be difficult because I think since Shawcross has come back, they haven't conceded.
2: Right, um, good start. But they're going to be, they'll be worried about Palace. Everyone talks about how Palace are good also, away from yeah, home. They're going to be worried really about us, question Especially yeah, yeah, bearing last season's result. And if you can keep them quiet for, for half an hour or so, then... You know, um, so. so, I mean, we've got, after then, we've got some winnable games coming up, but a point, of Stoke, are you happy with that? Yeah, a point I think we'll so. Do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah,
1: I think so. I, I, I think if, if you've got the choice of going for three, no, but I mean, I'm, I'm
2: saying, given how they've been playing this season, they've got yeah.
3: dangerous front four. I think a point at Stoke would be yeah. a good result. It's it's, yeah. it's a stadium that not that many teams come away from yeah. with a win. albeit I know we did last season, but
2: it's not it's not. Well, that especially often, this, especially at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Good. Okay. Um, there you go. That is that's the end of this this podcast. Wow. Next week is the Christmas podcast. Oh, really. With a very special guest as well. So, um, thanks, guys. Not not you. <laughs> thanks guys. Um, so, thanks for that. so that's it. Uh, yeah. So, okay. n- next time you'll be hearing from us, listeners, it'll be the Christmas podcast. I'm um, looking forward to that. So, Rob, thanks for joining us. As always, James. Thank you, thank you very as much for asking me back. You well, you keep coming back. No, no, like um, a bad penny, you know. And, Andy. <laughs> what? Just thank you. thanks for being here. <laughs> it was my house, did not Didn't have much choice point, in, did I? Point. Um, Listeners, we will be with you next week for the Christmas podcast. So, see you then. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye.